Welcome to the Forgotten Art Project Podcast, where we ask the question, what makes you feel alive? These are the stories of your pursuit. Hello, everybody. My name is David, and I'm excited to introduce you to Victoria Cooper. How's it going, Victoria? Great. How are you? I am doing fantastic. So I met Victoria through coaching and uh, she is a very unique individual with many cool things that have happened in her life. So uh, let's just start with, you know, how you were brought into this world, because that's a fun story that most people uh, is not as exciting as yours. Yeah, I was I was brought into this world on an airplane. (laughs) My mom was um, traveling from Liberia to the night to the United States, um, seven months pregnant. And um, while on the plane and traveling from Liberia to to the United States, um, she ended up having these. I don't even want to say it's labor pains. The interesting story is she took her shoes off, and apparently there was a woman. According to my mom, there was a woman that said to her, "If you take your shoes off." while pregnant on a plane because of the high altitudes, you will have your baby. Like, <laughs> and my mom said she went to the bathroom and a couple minutes later, I came right out. She said that she didn't feel any pain. I was born at two and a half pounds um, over Casablanca, Morocco. So the name that I was given um, was Casablanca by the pilots. We ended up landing in Casablanca to, to receive medical attention. Um, and then we came across some issues where my mom didn't have a visa. So they did not allow my mom and I to enter their town or their country because my mom didn't have a visa. So the pilots ended up flying to um, Amsterdam and KLM Airlines is actually a Dutch uh, airline. And so we ended up going to Amsterdam where then we were both treated and taken care of and um, then to United States. So I ended up getting a birth certificate in Morocco. I ended up getting one in Amsterdam and then also United States. So that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's that's actually good. funny because, um, just coincidentally with where I'm sitting right now, I actually have the, uh, the photo and the, the article right above me. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I should like, Oh yeah. Show the camera for you yeah, guys yeah. to see it. Sure. Okay, let's see if you can see it. So, oh yeah. There's my picture um being when I was going on the plane, you'll see KLM Airlines. And then the outfit is actually um a outfit from one of the kids on the plane from their baby doll, which apparently was way too big for me. <laughs> and an, an article, a Dutch article <laughs> discussing the ordeal. <laughs> wow so there's my fact checking guys if anybody didn't believe that story yeah (laughs) it's too wild to be true (laughs) oh that's so cool so um obviously we'll just fast forward a little bit i just i love that story and it's a a fun way to start but um Mm -hmm. when you were a kid what did what did you want to be when i was a kid i started off where i wanted i i felt like i was always into writing i Mm. loved to write stories i 
my brother is an artist. And so I always had this dream, which I never told him, but I had this dream that I would write a book and then he would illustrate the book for me. I then wanted to be a teacher. And then as I got in my uh, middle school years, I had this desire to be a graphic effects artist. I was into, if you remember all of those shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and all oh, of those yeah. shows with the cool, like people disappearing and coming back and stuff like that. I'm like, I, I want to do that. Like that's, that's what I want to do. Nice. Then I started taking interest in like computers and like just how computers work and graphics and anything computer related. Went to college. That's what I majored in changed my major the very first day (laughs) (laughs) it was like a class with codes and I was like this is not my life yeah I'm done with that (laughs) so well what made you decide to like go into computers in the first place I just I was just always fascinated with how the graphics and the things worked and like while just kind of toying around with different things on the computer I started becoming fascinated with just how it was functioning. If there were any issues with it shutting down, anyways, with connectivity at the time, like that was just when um, dial-up was kind of starting too. So all of these cool new things were happening, and I was just I was just curious about those things and interested, and I found it all very fascinating. And then I had my uncle who was very much into computers, and my stepdad was into computers, and so I. I picked up this interest with just, you know, learning more about it, but it was more because of like just understanding how things worked and how to just fix it and put it together. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting because, you know, maybe you had this, you had this thing for graphic design and, you know, art and that thing. And then, and then this trying to understand how it works and being curious about that and like how, how did you decide, well, like, I'm more curious about this, so I should go this route. Was it more like, oh, maybe there's a better career in this uh, versus like doing more of the art? With the graphic design, I think I was just trying to get my foot in the door with computers. And at the time, like, and anything on the computer, at the time, there wasn't really much that I can go into school for with graphic design on the computer. Mm. So it was like the advice that I got was if the closest thing to get to that is just getting into computer science Mm. and so try to go that route and also too I'm, I'm very big on like tradition and culture and not so much that computers are part of my culture or tradition but I looked up to a lot of people in my family and so there are a lot of things that I would see my family doing and I would kind of imitate those things because they were things that were to me of value and things that I was just fascinated in maybe getting closer to a family member and then connecting those things with me. So like my brother, my brother's an artist and he's, he's a mixed media artist where he does a lot of stuff on the computer and a lot of graphic design and a lot of illustration of that sort. So I think I gravitated towards that interest to figure out and to understand him. Mm. I gravitated towards that. And then like, you know, I had my uncle and my stepdad who were into computers and all those things and to connect with them. I gravitated towards that to understand them and, and build interest with those things. Aha, I see where this is yeah. going. I don't, I don't know. I can't really <laughs> say that, like, as a kid, I truly, I, I enjoyed it, but it, 
it's hard to identify truly like what's meant for you and what you really want to do when you're so young. Some people, yes, they have that blessing, but I think at that time it was imitation and like wanting to draw closer to the people around me. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So then when you, you changed your major the first day, what did you change to? So I changed my major the first day. Um, <laughs> I went into biochem. <laughs> I went and like, I did something completely different. Um, another thing with connection, it actually all makes sense when I, when I tie it back together, but um, it has to do with connection. I jumped into biochem and I, I wanted to be, um, I wanted to go to med school to be a psychiatrist. I had a friend who, um, when we were in high school, he would, you know, spill his medication down the drain any chance that he could get. Mm. And he would always say that medications weren't for him. This was something that wasn't working. Nobody would listen to him. And I'm like, you know what? I want to be that person that listens to people. And I want to be that person that supports kids. And I want to be that person that can be some sort of support system and really understand and advocate for children and people who were in need of medication. So then I went the route of, you know, wanting to be a psychiatrist. Again, another connection to like connect with another human being. I, I went the route of that. Um, and then I learned that, you know, in psychiatry, you don't really offer much counseling and there's not much that you can do as far as with connecting um, as much as I would have liked. And I also hated organic chemistry. So <laughs> I ended up changing my major again into something where, um, I am now within my profession, which is psychology. Um, and that was what fit me. And overall, although I picked up these different hobbies and things, um, it's still like psychology allowed me to still focus on the meat of the thing, which was connecting with other human beings and other people. And um, just to kind of transition a little bit more, there were a lot of things that because I wanted to connect with people and understand people, I picked up a lot of different traits or crafts or interests, which kind of almost makes me like a jack of all trades. Mm. Um, but it helps me with my business and my company now because I'm allowed, it allows me to be creative and use other sides of me, not only from a psychological perspective, but from a creative perspective and just giving insight in other ways. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's so fun to look back, um, you know, and just see like all the pieces and how they all like inform yes. and direct and maybe even if we don't know exactly what we're searching or where we're trying to go exactly but like it's when you get at least somewhere not to the end but you get further along you to look back and see how you got there it's so fun it just aligns i mean it it's great yeah so with the the exploration do you feel like talk to me about what you think the value of of exploring and and kind of trying and you know like you said jack of all trades what do you think the value is for anybody in in that process i mean how can you fully know who you are if you don't take the time to try certain things you know um one of the things that i i talk about often with people is a concept that i call the jahari window i don't call it the jahari window but it's called the jahari window and um it talks about just your knowledge and insight and in in each um, section of that window, there's information that you know about yourself and information that other people know about you. You have information that you know about yourself that other people don't know about you. You have information about yourself that other people know about you that you don't know about yourself. 
And then we have that window where it's that block where it's like information you don't know about yourself and then other people don't know about it either. So I always talk about finding ways to navigate through those different blocks and those different areas in the window. And overall, the purpose of it is for you to be as whole as possible and to learn as much and just connect with who you are. And I think that if you don't take the time to step out of your comfort zone or even explore things or learn things, it's going to be harder for you to learn about who you are and yourself and also how you connect with other people because we all we all are interconnected in some way, right? There's something that keeps us in common. Um, and it's really important when you're connecting with other people, you find a way to connect with them through experiences as well, because those things, you know, bring us together and make sense to us. Yeah. Totally. And do you feel like you were more naturally inclined to just do that based upon, you know, your family, your, the people you were surrounded by, the, you know, the way you grew up or was it something that you really had to like develop and learn and like <clears throat> work into your life? I think oftentimes just like so many other people, these things happen through circumstances, mm. you know, when we are in opportunities or in situations where things don't go our way, or maybe we made a mis we thought we made a mistake or just things don't go according to plan that plan B, C, D, E, or F, sometimes allows us to step outside of our comfort zone and try something different. But the thing that puts you into practice of being more open to it is when those circumstances happen, even if it's out of your control, really processing it and giving it meaning for yourself and, and letting it make sense to you and understand its purpose then allows you to be more open-minded to trying things that are outside of your comfort zone. Yeah, totally. So you just gave me your um, answer for like from your professional point of view, but what about for you personally? Like, were you always like that or did you develop it? No, for me, no, for me, it, it was through circumstances. And then as time, okay, I, proce okay. I process these things and now it challenges me to step outside of my comfort zone. Okay. So yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I didn't, this didn't come to me naturally. I, a lot of lessons that I had to learn, a lot of experiences that I had to have in order to get to a place where it made sense to me. And then I was able to refer back to those things when I'm challenged or encouraged to try something different or to step out of my comfort zone. For mm. sure. Cool. Do, would you be open to sharing maybe one of those challenges that you worked through and it helped shape that for you? Yeah. Um, one of them was I, when I graduated from undergrad in college, I told myself I had a whole plan. You know, when you're in your like early to mid twenties, 20, 22, 23, graduating from college, you come up with a whole timeline on how you want your life to be sometimes, especially women, I feel like. And for me, it was, I am going to go and I'm going to, um, I'm going to finish college. When I'm done with college, I'm going to go straight into grad school. Right after grad school, undergrad, or right after grad school, I'm going to get my doctorates. I'm going to get married. Like I had a whole plan on exactly how I wanted my life to be. There was a school that I really, really wanted to go to. And I ended up, you know, interviewing for, for um, a possible, you know, slot in the school or getting admitted in the school. But I actually ended up getting like waitlisted after that interview. 
And when I got waitlisted, you know, people, I was trying to get the inside scoop and like talking to people and networking. They're like, you know, when you're waitlisted, you usually get in, so you're fine. I desperately wanted to go to this school. Ended up not getting in. (sighs) And I was like, oh my God, like my whole life plan, everything that I want for myself. Like, I don't even know what I'm going to do. I'm like, I'm stuck. Like, what am I going to do after this? Like the plan was to go straight to grad school. All my friends were going to grad school. I ended up instead, you know, coming back home and working in the field just with my bachelor's and gaining some experience and working with kids. I started off doing that. Started doing that, got myself involved in like working in drug and alcohol. There are a variety of different like demographics um, and different areas in psychology that I started to get my feet wet in instead of going to grad school. Um, Second year, I was like, you know what? I got waitlisted. There's no way that they're gonna, you know, deny me this time. So I'm just gonna apply the same to the same school and only that school. That's it. Applied, interviewed, got rejected. Second year in a row. Got rejected. And I was devastated. Like, imagine not only like your plans not coming to fruition the way that you wanted to. But the feeling of rejection, especially when there's something that you want, can be so heavy. And I was like down in the dumps. I was devastated. However, that second year, I started doing more stuff in my field and I started getting opportunities because I had experience under my belt. I started getting opportunities that people typically with their bachelors wouldn't get. And I started getting trained in advance. So people were going to grad school to really like, your, your grad school years are really the times where you start getting trained as a counselor. You really don't get much of that in your, in your bachelor, during your bachelor undergrad years. So during that time, people were starting to get trained as counselors. I wasn't in grad school. I was rejected. However, I got into a great job where they started training me on how to be a counselor. And then I started getting like hands-on experience. I was getting master's level experience without being in grad school. Um, and I, I got a lot of, a lot of experience. I was in the prison. I was in rehab centers. I was, I was all over the place working with homeless men. I was working with youth. I was doing so much work. My experience was, was really, really building a lot um, as compared to somebody who is either currently in grad school or somebody that had recently graduated from college. Ended up going to this random dinner for like a bunch of people in the field of psychology again it was rare for people with their bachelor's there but I was there and I sat at a table with this guy and his and his wife and he's like yeah so you go to grad school yet and I'm like no like I'm feeling all embarrassed like no I didn't and he's like why don't you go to Chestnut Hill College and he's like but I never forget he's like buttering his roll and like doing these cool tricks with how he's buttering his roll and just eating it and like barely looking at me he's like just part of this school and I'm like, huh? And he's like, apply here. He's like, they have a local a sister campus that's close by, so you don't have to drive that far. So I'm like, but I don't really know if I want to go there. He's like, just apply. Applied. They were so impressed with me. I got in. I got in. I got so I had already had so much experience from my field. And while I learned a lot from, you know, my program, I barely read any books. Don't tell any of my professors. And I graduated with a 3.89 GPA. Like I, 
Do you know what I mean? So it's like that experience with being rejected and like having my own plans instead of like the plans that God had or the plans that the universe had for me. Um, I had to go with the flow and, and flow with my disappointments and my circumstances. And it brought me to a place that's way better than I could have ever imagined. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many times does it like not work out? And it takes a little while usually, but then if you keep going, that's the thing though, right? You got to keep going. You can't just quit. Yeah. Yeah. And it ends Even up so much how I started my business. I mean, there's so many things that circumstances brought me. Of course I work very hard and there's things that I do plan out and there's things that I work hard with, but I try to remind myself of the moments that when things don't come to pass the way that I want it to, there's a reason and that other, that alternate path, there's an opportunity there to really soar or get back on that path. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, I love it. So when we're, when we're talking about like, you know, pursuing whatever our thing is, I feel like you're a unique person because you, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but you pursued this thing in counseling and it's something that really makes you feel alive because you can see like, oh, this is how I can really connect with people and help people in my, my own unique way. Yeah. Um, is that, yeah, correct? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, and that's super, uh, it's like, number one, it's really cool. And number two, I don't think it happens that often. And I think that a lot of times we get up in our heads about like, oh, well, I'm not going to pursue this thing because I, I can't make a career out of it. And so then we just like throw it all out. And I think that sucks. <laughs> it does. It does. Um, I usually do these, these videos on my Instagram, just giving like words of encouragement or some sort of insight. And one of the videos I shouldn't be, I, I should have done it sooner. Sorry. But one of my videos that um, I plan on doing is, based upon some insight that I got or based upon somebody contacting me um, earlier this week and they're like, Victoria, I just wanted to know, is there money in this particular field? Because I'm interested in exploring it. So the person wanted to like pursue something within like website design and website creation, right? I know this person to be excellent with their hands. I don't even know them to use a computer, but they're asking me, is the money in this thing? And I'm like, no, the money's in your gift. It's not in that industry. People who are in that industry that are gifted, that's, there's money there. Mm -hmm. So if there's people that are skilled in web design, right? The money's there for them. But if that's not what your gift is and that's not what your passion is, then the money's not there for you. Go towards something that you are passionate about, something that feels right for you, something that you're willing to challenge yourself with, but also enhance the gifts that you have within you. That's where the money is. Like you are the money, you know? And I think sometimes we get so caught up in other things that look good or what other people are doing and things that are shiny from other people's pockets that we really don't focus on ourselves and the things that are instilled in us and our own purpose. And how we're supposed to use that. And I think it's important that we, we get back to that and we, we ground ourselves to that. Yeah. And to that point, like if we, we go after this thing for the money and then maybe you make a little bit of money, but now it's like 
six or seven years down the road and you're like, I'm so bored. Like what, why am I here? What am I doing? You're still asking the same questions. Yeah. Because the reality is when it comes to, you know, the things that we're doing for a living or our profession or our companies, there are prerequisites and there's, there's basic things that all of us need to have or need to acquire, right? Basic skills. But then the thing that makes us good is our gift right? The thing that makes you great is your gift. The thing that makes me a strong clinician is the gift and the experience that I've built up, not so much the fact that I went to school for it. And so it's like, just like you said, if you go and you just start off with that basic, it, you just start off and it's like, yeah, you're making a little bit of money, but how far does it go? If you are not rich in that gift, I don't really know how far it's going to go. I, I can't speak and say that you know, it works that way for everybody, but oftentimes for the majority of us, it does, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the, the most rewarding um, experiences that you've had in the past, let's say five to 10 years? In general or like specific? I would, uh, yeah, let's do, let's do one in general, just like maybe a super rewarding experience. And then two in pursuing your gift um, in counseling and helping people? Um, in general, just, just being able to support people and watch the work that they're doing to like transform their lives. Mm. It It is so rewarding to know that I could be used in that way. You know, I always say that when I'm working with a client and I'm providing any sort of counseling or support or insight, it's not, it's not me, it's you. I'm just the vessel and I'm just that support system. But all of that work has to do with like the client. So seeing them apply it and like watching these things change and transform is so rewarding because I, I love people and I love seeing people win. So when I see people go for it and they're doing it and, and you know, they're accomplishing yeah. these things, it, it feels really, really great. Nice, love it. Yeah that's that combines those two questions so that's fine we'll leave it at that (laughs) um so what would you say to i mean this i'm curious to hear you're not the average person asking these questions to um (laughs) to somebody who feels like really stuck just like i'm stuck i don't know what makes me excited to wake up in the morning i don't know where i want to go I think it's it's really important when you have those moments where you feel stuck and you don't know what you want to do. Are you taking the time to truly process it? Are you taking the time to identify the who, what, when, where, whys, and hows? And are you really trying to hold yourself accountable to identify those things? Sometimes these are things that we can discover and these are things that we can identify on our own and we're able to put the pieces together and really break down what's happening here and then sometimes we need that extra support and so if you need that extra support see a coach or see a counselor allow them to support you and help you really break down what's keeping you blocked what's stopping that flow and that cycle of you being productive or you feeling accomplished and and let's let's start making making progress and moving towards this thing ultimately it has to do with like your mindset and that mindset of you initially just wanting this to change and you truly having a desire for it to change yeah do you really want it yeah yeah 
Sometimes people will say like, you know, I don't really know what I want to do and I don't really know like what I'm supposed to have in life, but you know what? I'm going to put myself in environments just to experience or just to kind of get a sense or connect with people. I may not know what I want, but I'm putting myself in the atmosphere just to be there. And let's see if it makes sense. All right, I'm going to experiment and try this. Let's see if it makes sense. And when I mean that, it can even be down to like social settings or just stepping out of your own box and just trying something different. Like, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to try that and see what energy and what other like love and insight and support you can get from other people for those things to make sense for you so that you can identify this other part of you? Yeah. Oh man, that's so good. It's like, yeah. Are you willing to do that? Or are you okay with just staying comfortable and being where you are? Right. And if you are cool, awesome. But if you're not, are you willing to to step out? Yes. And, and if you are, like you said, cool, embrace it and accept it. There might be another, there might be something that's fulfilling about that. Where maybe sometimes we feel pressure to level up or, or reach a certain level as other people. And maybe that's not our role in our place. So finding ways to accept where we are in that moment, if, if we feel okay with that and we can embrace that, let's see how that like formulates and this, how that evolves, you know, just own it. Whatever you do, accept and own it. Love it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you would like to add? Because um, if not, that's a great place to, to wrap it up and leave people with that. No, that's, that's all I've got. Keep being awesome. Sweet. And um, I'm here if anybody needs me. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for your time today. And yeah, if anybody wants to get in touch with Victoria, just reach out to me. I'd be happy to connect you. So thanks again. Thank you.